live from College Park. This is Ramp Office. Good morning! Are they poor bubble sparks? From the 49, Brady, barring a defensive foul, the game ends here to the end zone. Hernandez is there, tipped and batted, Gronkowski can't get it, incomplete. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. What you just heard was the last play of some football game that was on last night that me and Sean spent four and a half hours watching. We just sat there plopped on the old couch, eating some food, mozzarella sticks. Dude, we grubbed last night. We did. That it was, was great. It was a lot of lot of That was a lot of food. We had a lot of stuff we had to get rid of in our fridge or in our freezers yeah. and stuff. Best By thing the way, was a, best thing was a veggie tray. It, that was pretty good. Thank you, Tyler, for that. By the way, you're listening to Hurry Up Offense. This is Alan Etzler next to Sean Pelletier. We're the cool guys. We're just your local school radio station trying to trying to make a name for ourselves out here. We'd love to communicate with you guys. Variety of ways to do that. Uh, we have a Twitter. You can call us. Twitter is at hurryup underscore offense. You tweet in. We'll read your tweet. We'll answer your tweets. Whatever. We're active on Twitter. Uh, we also have a phone number. The phone number you can call us is 301-606-5933. If you didn't hear that and you know me, it's my cell phone number. So you can just call that, and we will be more than happy to field your calls and your questions. Yeah, man. I'm, I, we love callers. We're not even going to bother going into the whole Facebook thing that we do because, I mean, honestly, no one ever really Facebooks us. Yeah, the only reason to get on Facebook is to just creep on pictures. We've had, we've be ha- honest. We've had an email account for about four and a half years. and One emailer. One. Have we had an emailer? Yeah, it was it was uh, Mr. Federline, Fedman. Oh, oh Fedman emailed he us? He sent us a couple notes. Well, that was nice of him. Had a couple uh, scammers send me notes. We haven't heard from him in a while. No, we have not, and I think he is asleep um, on Monday night, so I doubt we'll hear from him again. So that's kind of sad, because that was our sure caller. That is sad, and the Orioles, like, the whole thing, like, ki- pitchers and catchers report in, like, 30 days or something, so baseball's getting kicked up. And I'd love to hear what he had to say, that, but that's not going to That's his happen. thing, and he probably hates Dan Duquette like we do, but we'll, <laughs> well, save, that for, we'll save that for later. We'll be getting that later. Um, back to that, that game that was on. That, yeah, what, the, uh, the, the Grand su- Bowl? The Super Cup? Yeah, the Super Cup. That's strange. One of my teachers called it that, actually. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, you should uh, file a report against she, him and get she, him fired. She's from Europe, so I guess everything in Europe, since it's soccer, it's a cup instead of a bowl. Interesting. So if you didn't watch the game... You missed strange. a good one. Not really a game that I wanted to see, but I was excited. It was. It was. It started off slow. Uh, it started off. As just it wasn't an exciting goal. until four minutes left. In the but game. there were some good things to take out. Obviously, the Giants won, which was uh, good for me because I picked them to win, and I hate the Patriots with a passion. So that was oh, that was good to see. I missed the chance. I uh, wanted to cut out my clip last week where I said that Eli Manning would lead a late game drive and they. Giants would win the game. That's actually exactly what happened. But yeah. last night I changed my pick for the Super Bowl poll that we did. I picked the Patriots, so I got it right and then screwed myself over by getting it wrong. <laughs> well, a lot of people were skewed because for some reason the Patriots were favored in this game, but everyone was taking the Giants. But if you looked, Vegas had picked the correct Super Bowl winner 19 out of the last 21 times. Yeah. 19 out of 21. That's insane. So a lot of people were just... They thought that the Giants were the better team, but then there was just too much with Tom Brady being on the other team and, and all that. If that last ball wouldn't have dropped to the turf, it would have been the last twenty out of twenty one, uh, twenty three. That would have been that would have been unreal. Um, so Vegas 22. clearly knows their stuff, but this year they did not because Eli 
was sensational. This was the best quarterbacking I've ever seen in a Super Bowl from both players. Uh, Tom Brady fell off in the fourth quarter a little bit, but yeah, uh, I'll, give him, I'll give him a pass, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, he did have some balls that he, he could have thrown better, but even his awful throw... I mean, we're judging him on different different stage here because this is Tom Brady. Some of his throws, even his worst throws, they were still catchable balls. They're not the Tom Brady throws you're used to seeing. Yeah, and but they the were, receiver's it, hands were on the, the balls every time. But for me, they were just like in the in the complete wrong direction. Right. He was he was supposed to be leading guys, and he was throwing well behind them. Are you referring in uh, not, large part to Wes Welker's? I'm not referring to okay. that one, actually. There's two that were to Dion Branch that I thought were well behind Dion Branch, and they should have been caught. And on the last second to last play of the game, he threw that out route to Dion Branch. Right. He just... Lofted that one a little bit too much, and, well, and Deion Branch couldn't get his feet down. But I won't, I won't really pin that one. I think was more throw. the defensive line. Yeah, it's a did tough you throw. see Justin Tuck was right in his face, so he threw it off his back foot. So besides that, I mean, it it was a good game. Um, there was a point in this game where their completion percentage was over eighty percent. Yeah, it was, it was between unreal. the two quarterbacks. I mean, I, I I somewhat expected that from, and I realized I just said I twenty straight times. I re- I, 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 I kind I, of expect that from Tom Brady. I mean, we'll from uh, e- from Eli Manning, just because the Patriots' defense is awful. But Tom Brady was was sensational in the first half, especially uh, on his touchdown drive before the second half. I mean, before the uh, before halftime. Yeah, uh, he he was great on that drive. Ninety three yards. Yeah, it was, it was, it was two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Yeah, something like that. Something um, great. Getting on to halftime. What did you think of the halftime show? I thought it was terrible. I thought it was visually pleasing with like all the lights and things. I mean, obviously Madonna. You're not visually pleasing, so let's let's start that off. But <laughs> but like the lights and the actions and things, I guess were cool. But I mean, I don't know. I just I just don't like Madonna. I didn't like the songs. I don't like M.I.A. or Nicki Minaj. One of these times, I just want to see Toby Keith or Brad Paisley come out there with a banjo and just play songs for an hour. That's all I want. Uh, I I, honestly, yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it was. I honestly think that it was the worst Super Bowl halftime show I've ever seen. Maybe, maybe he beat out Prince. Maybe they beat out Prince because Prince was just awful. But this one, I, I really think that a lot of times the Super Bowl halftime show, the production overplays the actual performance. What, what, something that really made me mad was that, uh, the lip syncing. It was unreal. I know that they've lip synced in the past, but this was just awful. Uh, her songs, I just hated it. I hated everything about it. I wouldn't have minded. You want, you want to know what I hated the most. Bowl at halftime. Here's what I hated most. Everyone on Twitter saying, come on now, Madonna is 53. I'm not saying she's bad for a 53-year-old. I'm just, I'm not basing it on age. She is, that was just a bad performance. I'm not going to, if you get the Super Bowl, like halftime show, I don't care how old you are. I want it to be good. I don't care, like I'm not going to make it relative to your age. If you're bad, you're bad. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. If my grandpa would have went out there and did terrible, I would have said it was terrible. <laughs> And I think the uh, Idiot Waterboy of the Year award has to go out to MIA, who for flicked off the camera for the no camera? reason. Yeah. Honestly, you're given the opportunity to do a halftime show, and that's what you do. So disrespectful. Honestly, you've made one good song. I don't even know why you were on the stage. Yeah, who honestly, is the, she? First of all, you sung like probably two parts. Well, I'm sorry. You didn't sing. You sang beforehand. It was recorded and played back. And then you just flicked off the camera. I, I, that was just unbelievable. I didn't see it real time, but I saw Twitter blow up after. So that's that's where I found that out. But... I don't know why any of those people were up there on stage at halftime. Honestly, it was just god-awful. Breaking news, no Sean Moreno, Broncos running back, has been arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. All right, back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you at with this halftime show thing? We're, t- and we're stopping. We're, yeah, we're done with this, anymore. right? Bowl, okay. Yeah, the halftime right. show was just awful. All right, cool. I want to go to like back to that last play. and like Actually, I'll stick with this with the, with the entire game. 
I can't help but think like this is going to be the Super Bowl that I'll like always remember as what if Gronkowski was healthy. Yeah, he clearly was not effective. What do you have? One catch for twenty yards. I think he had. I think he had a couple catches, but he, two catches. The yards for, was not impactful. Two catches for yeah. twenty six yards. He had one down the seam, which I guess was like a pretty good play. But I mean, honestly, Ocho Cinco had twenty one yards on one catch. Yeah. So. He wasn't healthy. He clearly wasn't himself. Maybe I mean I'm not I'm not expecting this out of him. Maybe if he's healthy, he goes down and maybe can out jump somebody for that jump ball. Like there's so many things that you have to wonder about this Super Bowl if it could have gone differently. Yeah, there's two things I take out of it. One on that on Brady's only pick of the game, it, it was not Brady's fault. That was a great decision. You have one on one linebacker and then a, a tight end who played better than any tight end in football this year. On any other day without that ankle injury. Gronkowski outjumps Blackburn and catches that ball. There's no doubt in my mind that he does. There's no way Blackburn, who was a, I've heard Chris Collinsworth say it 20 times, he was a high school teacher on Monday and then he was playing football the next Sunday. Like, Chris Collinsworth, <laughs> shut up. How but does that guy continue to get games? Nobody knows. That is beyond Nobody me. knows. But anyway, that pick, not Brady's fault. Great decision. Uh, any, other, any other game with Gronk healthy, that is a catch. And the other thing... With Gronkowski not able to go out there full strength, it ruined this entire offense. You had Aaron Hernandez, who usually is a very versatile player, have to play more of the leading tight end role. And this offense became a bunch of average players. Wes Walker is the only great receiver on this team. But even that, if you have to just key in on him and Hernandez, that's an easy way to stop this offense. Because besides Walker, the rest of the receivers are average. At best. Average at best. There was a time when Ocho Cinco was good. Yeah, but he, he's just not. But, it's been clear all year that he's I not. I mean, there. no one even knows where Deion Branch went to college. No other receiver had a catch. Danny Woodhead and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis caught the ball. I mean, they're good running backs or whatever they call Woodhead. Edelman, he didn't do anything. I, I, did you even hear Edelman's name all night? No, I didn't, I didn't see him. I didn't even hear. I didn't even hear his name when he returned a punt because Chris <laughs> Collinsworth called him Danny Woodhead. All right, we'll stick up for Chris Collinsworth. That was uh, Al Michael who said that, but uh, we'll, we'll, we're just gonna. No, Chris Collinsworth we'll told him. To yeah, <laughs> he whispered in his ear. Say <laughs> or say it's Woodcock. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> this game it came down great. I mean, if you look, this, Eli to start the game had nine straight completions. That was an NFL record. Tom Brady at one point threw sixteen straight completions. That was an NFL record. There was like six other records in this game. I can broke the broke the television ratings record, didn't it? There was a, it was the most people that have ever watched the Super Bowl, but it it was like point one less in ratings as last year. Some of the other records that they broke: Tom Coughlin, oldest winning head coach at sixty-five. I mentioned the Eli consecutive completions to start a game. I mentioned Tom Brady's most consecutive completions. Tom Brady now has the most passing yards career in the Super Bowl with one thousand two hundred seventy-seven yards. Tom Brady the most career passes in the Super Bowl one hundred ninety-seven. Tom Brady missed completions in a career in the Super Bowl, 127. Steve Weatherford, he's the Giants punter. Most punts inside MVP. the 10, and he had three. He was impactful, and he's jacked for a punter. Yeah, he's that was huge. cool. He's, he uh, was good against the Niners, too. I don't like him very much. I know. The, he the, better have a 98 rating <laughs> in Madden. Next the year. last record that they broke was most first downs passing combined with both teams, and it was 33. This game was actually... Oh, what is that record? Most, most, like, for, uh, most you first come out downs on first down, you throw the ball? No, no, no. It's uh, most first downs that they completed by, by passing the ball. Okay. For, just for clarification. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I understood what he was no, saying. No, no, you put something else in my head that I, I, it could possibly be what you said. I have no idea. They don't clarify <laughs> it here. 
Who is that? Who is that? Let's no. call them out real quick. The Inquisitor. Well, they spelled their own <laughs> publication's name wrong. So, Inquisitor, you guys are not very good at clearing things up for us. You'll definitely be getting an email from our uh, yeah. Yahoo account. Yeah. No, actually, we'll probably forget about it. But just let it be known. We don't approve. We might send a tweet or something. Interesting thing. All actually, right. you can go ahead. You go ahead. No, you my, go mine's, ahead. mine's like a finishing thought. So is mine kind. All right, no, I'll go. <laughs> I was interesting to see uh, someone brought up that... The Patriots are now 0-2 in the Super Bowl since Spygate. <laughs> since Spygate, they're 0-2. I think I think that this takes away from Bill uh, Belichick as a coach. I mean, I think it, it could, but you still have to get to the Super Bowl, so I don't I don't blame it on Spygate. I don't know. Spygate's an interesting topic there for when it comes up for Hall of Fame. I mean, his his stats are alone or before. I don't know though, because everything. I don't know. You cheat. That's interesting to me. I don't know. Because people were talking about earlier this year about putting him on the ra- uh, rush, Mount Rushmore of uh, head coaches in the NFL, which would mean like Absolutely the four not. greatest coaches of all time. He he doesn't belong there because he cheated. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put him there. I put him maybe in the Hall of Fame, but absolutely not on Mount Rushmore. But I think this takes him away at a first ballot Hall of Fame. All right, this is interesting. This is interesting. We're going to sidetrack ourselves uh, once again. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches? Gotta go Bill Walsh. Just spitballing. Alright, that's my number one. Uh, Tom Landry. Okay. Chuck Knoll. Yeah, Chuck Knoll, definitely. Bill four. Parcells. I don't know if I'd put him at, at, okay. a, at the top okay. four head coach. Let me look this up. I can't G- think Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Already I'd put him there. Uh, I don't know who my fourth would be. Like, normally, if it weren't for Spygate, I think Bill Check would be up there. Vince Lombardi. Yeah, he was all right. You know, they have the, the Super Bowl uh, trophy named after him. So, John Madden, no. Joe Gibbs, biasedly yes, unbiasedly no. Don Shula, Don Shula, that's an interesting one. But he didn't win a Super Bowl with Marino, right? No, I don't know. Then no. Paul Brown, no. And my last one, Jimmy Johnson. No, simply because of the trade he made okay. with the Redskins when he traded literally like three first-round picks, ten, ten other picks for Ricky Williams. So That so, worked out great. So we can agree, Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry? Yes, Tom Landry. Bill Walsh? Yes. Chuck Knoll? Yes. That is our, that's our, that's that is Mount our Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, boys. If you have another one, if you would like to get your Mount Rushmore on air, you can either tweet us or call us. And that's it. That was fun. Yeah, we'd like to hear that. That was a, that was an interesting little. Uh, that was fun. Take. High five for that one. Wish y'all right. could hear that. Great high five. Yeah, that was the best one we've ever done. We looked <laughs> at the elbows. <laughs> all, all right, right. Ba- back to this. Now that we're speaking about Ru- Mount Rushmore and legacies and all that, where does this put Eli Don't say it. Don't say it. and Tom Brady and their legacy? Respect, like compared to each other, like is one of them, or what are you saying? Is Eli Hall of Fame consideration? Yes. Is Tom Brady any worse off? No, he's 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 not worse off. Uh, he's still a first ballot. Mind you, he hasn't won since Spygate either. Oh, I know, but I think Spygate he was presented with the material, so okay. I don't blame him okay. for that. Like he okay. studies what they give him, so I don't I don't really blame him. That's coaching. That's up top. That's their fault. That's why I would take that away from Belichick. But Eli, he's definitely worked his way into uh, MVP. I don't know how you. I mean, not MVP. Uh, Hall of Fame. I don't know how you wouldn't be able to be in that consideration with two Super Bowls, two MVPs. I'll give him that. I don't now, my real question, I brought this up to you last night. Peyton, Eli Manning, where is he on the quarterback chart? Where's Tom Brady? All right. Top five quarterbacks right now. 
Aaron Rodgers, number one. Number two, Dude, I would have... You want to. You want to. I would have... Gosh, are we saying this year or what we think? Right We're, now. All right. Right now, it's Aaron Rodgers, and then it is Eli Manning, and then it is Tom Brady, and then it is Drew Brees. I'm not a huge Drew Brees fan. Drew Brees fan, I think. Where is Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning would, well, it's, it's hard because you don't know if he's going to recover. Assuming he's healthy, where is Assuming he? he's healthy and back the way he was, he would be number two on my list still. Okay, he's, he's three for me, but, okay. So what's yours? Mine's Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Okay, so we both have uh, Tom Brady still And I ahead, told you Eli Manning jumped all these people last night, and you, you mocked me for it. What? Well, upon you, further you consideration. Just, well, wait, you had him at four? I thought you said you had him at five I had him at night. two. Tom Brady? No, Eli. I thought you said no. You said you dropped Tom Brady down. That's what I was. That's what I was more surprised at. What you? Were well, saying. I didn't have Tom Brady very high. Yeah. Well, I had I, him at three. I think. I'm he definitely dropped, not surprised you jumped. We dropped. jumped Eli up. He dropped the one. Eli played the last seven games, six games of the year. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was Some amazing. Quarterbacking. He was amazing. He he. His fourth quarter comebacks this year need to. The deep ball, Mario Manningham, might be one of the best balls I've ever seen yeah. thrown. Mario Manningham didn't even want to take credit any part of that. Reporters asked him after the game, uh, like, what did you think of your catch? He goes, no, no, no. What do you mean, what do you think? It was the throw. What do you you mean? The ball dropped into your hands. Jeez. Yeah, he said, he was like, it wasn't a a spectacular catch. The ball just came right to me. I caught it. That's what I'm taught to do. We practice it every day. We we practice catching the ball. That's what us receivers do out there. Believe it or not, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was interesting. That was the longest play of the game, by the way, by far. It was 38 yards. Yeah, that's why a lot of people weren't. Uh, they didn't think it was that exciting with this, Super this Bowl. This is a lot event. of dink and dunk. Yeah. A lot of dink and dunk. Right. That's what the defense dictated, so that's how it had to be. I mean, quarterbacks were still successful, so I mean, it was. I thought it was a great game. What'd you think? I thought it was fantastic. The last four minutes were great. I thought it was well played on both sides of the ball. Even though, I'll, I'll even say special teams was great, especially Steve Weatherford. It doesn't really look like well each. Okay, Steve Weatherford averaged forty point eight yards per punt and had three inside the twenty, one touchback. Zoltan Mesco averaged 41 yards a punt, one inside the 20. He had three punts. So, I think that's pretty good. I think another thing that you mentioned was uh, on Eli's uh, game-winning touchdown drive, they started that drive, what, on the 13, on the 12? They were inside that, I think. Yeah, they, they had a good good hunk of yards to go. Hunk, hunk of yards. Ah, <laughs> uh, hunk of yards to go. <laughs> and uh, they, they, look, they made it look easy. They honestly, yeah. After that first pass, you, everyone knew what was going to happen next. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was sort what of What did like, you think just waiting for them to of score. the Ahmad Bradshaw play? Did you think he should have scored? If, if you didn't see, uh, he was on. they were on the 10-yard line. Bill Belichick essentially told his defense to let them score. There was 50 seconds left in the game. Ahmad Bradshaw, wide open lane to the t- end zone. Stood at the one-yard line, turned around, looked clueless as hell, and just fell like a little baby toddler learning to walk into the end zone. Okay. I'll answer your question by asking you a question. Hate these. (laughs) Who won the game? Well, yeah, the Giants won the game. That's the only thing that matters, I guess, for me. I, I think without it, knowing that, though, without knowing that, if you were the defensive coach, or if you were the offensive coach and you had Tom Brady on the other side of the field. It depends what they yeah. told him. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Well, did they tell him not to score? Did they tell him to no, take it? Okay, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. No, new new the, game, same situation. No, before the play, you have to know what you're doing. If no one told him, then go ahead and score. I know. What I'm saying is you're the head coach. What decision would you make? Would you tell your player to kneel at the one, or would you tell him to score, knowing that Tom Brady is on the other side? Oh, I'm telling him. I'm, I might not even run a play. I might be taking <laughs> knees and, and just settle for the field goal. Kicking like, has scared me this year, though. 
I don't care. You, well, more more so I, in college. I know for with a fact. Billy I might I might take it because they had a timeout left. Yeah. Somehow, even though they used two <laughs> stupid ones, they had timeout left. I might even take an, like a knee and get it down to thirty seconds, twenty seconds, or something, and then run a play and try to score, and then maybe kick a field. Goal. I'd be scared with Big Vince Woolfork over the uh, over the center on that play. I I would not trust a field goal. I, I second guessed his decision at first, but. Points are hard to come by in this league, even if it is a chip shot field goal. If you have a touchdown, you take a touchdown. Unless they're leading at that point, then you clearly do not score. So that's a hell of a decision by yeah. Bill Belichick to make, though. I think it was a great that, decision that, by that Belichick. Genius. I thought it was a great that decision. genius. Not many people do that. Yeah. I do that in Madden sometimes. <laughs> and I've never seen it done in the NFL. All right, you have any other notes on the uh, Super Bowl? No, this is a great place to take a break for us. Well, first. Okay. Maybe 2013, not. people are already t- thinking about the next season. I know me as a Redskins fan, uh, Redskins for Super Bowl, let's oh, go. No. We're doing what I'm going to say. draft next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Of course. That's all we do from here on out with our lives. Uh, 2013 Super Bowl odds are already out. Take your guess at the top two. Packers, Giants. No, this is going to surprise you, though. A little Niners! Crazy. No. You're going to be kind of pissed about that one. All right. Number one. Remember, this is 2013 Super Bowl odds. Odds to go to the Super Bowl, in case you need me to reword it anymore. All right. Number one, Green Bay, 5-1 to one odds. Number two, New Orleans, 6-1 to one odds. Number three, New England, 7-1. to one. Got a big problem with that one. Number four, Pittsburgh, 12-1. to one. Number five, Philly, 12-1. to one. Number six, Baltimore, 12-1. to one. Where do you think San Francisco is? You don't have an issue with Philly? No. I've got to say, like, 15. Hold on, like, 15th place. Yeah, well, they're they're ninth. I still think that's kind of weird, which with how good their defense is. I mean, it, it all depends on the free agency. So maybe it'll go up after that. I don't think, any, I don't think anyone in that. the world is buying into this offense. Yeah, no one. But no you one know the playing. you know what the draft is going to be for the Niners? Strictly offense. I don't. I I'd be surprised if they took more than two defenders in next year's draft. They'll take a corner at some point. They'll take maybe an outside linebacker, maybe a defense. It depends on what they do yeah. in free agency. But all right, so San Francisco is ninth, twenty to one. Uh, the Giants. They just won the Super Bowl. They don't appear to be losing any. Any huge free agents next year? They're tenth, twenty to one odds. And uh, where do you think the Redskins are? Thirtieth. Very close. Thirty-first. Hundred to one odds. Oh, you hundred to one. Put some money on that, boy. But uh, someone said that the, uh, they asked Vegas what would happen if uh, the Redskins got Peyton Manning and they would move to twelfth. Here, so. here's the list for Giants free agents. Kareem McKenzie, Tony Hugo, Stacey Andrews, back up, back up. Terrell Thomas, Deion Grant, yeah, big one. Derek Martin, Justin Tryon, Aaron Ross, Dave Tolson, Rocky Bernard, Jimmy Kennedy, Steve Weatherford, Jonathan Goff, Chase Blackburn, David Carr, Devin Thomas, and Will Blackman. Three. And Mario Manningham. Four. Four impactful free agents, and I think they're all re-signable. I think they're they've got a good chance. I don't, they stay I, don't, I, mean, I don't see the issue there. Yeah, so um, I don't know why they. I don't here, know why. Here's, here's my big reason why they could repeat: Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Tuck. Yeah. Uh, Jason Pierre played a great game. Like, they're all ridiculous. So. All right. So. Any of them. Last question about n- next Involved year. Joseph. Let's get it on record. Who are you picking to go to the Super Bowl next year? Go. Both teams. Yes. NFC, AFC. Well, I think I'd be crazy not to pick my own team. Okay. San Francisco 49ers. And I think I'd be crazy not to want it to be a hardball bowl, so I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens. All right. I think it'd be crazy to pick my team, so I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, my my Super Bowl would be the same one that I picked this year because uh, neither team is going to get worse, and that would be the Baltimore Ravens and the Green Bay Packers. 
I think that'd be a great Super Bowl. I, I, but I, w- are, I wouldn't mind yours. I think those are both fair. Uh, It'd be strictly your game would be strictly defensive. Mine would have to be offensive unless somehow Baltimore figures God, out Aaron Rodgers. I I would love to watch the Ravens and That's the Niners defense so go, yeah. go against each other. That would be. I mean, the game on Thursday incredible. night this year, but when the, assuming the Ed Reed and Ray yeah. Lewis both come back, I'm I'm assuming they are. I'm, I'm, yeah, there was a Ray Lewis pretty much guaranteed it. Ed Reed. Ed Reed said is question. not speaking to anyone, but a lot of uh, players. <laughs> Ladarius Webb said that he is definitely coming back. So if his teammates think he is, I think there's a good chance he might. So I'd love to see him here again. I'd like to see next it. Year. I mean, he's one of the best rece- or one of the best safeties ever in history. So definitely the best free safety of all time. He ain't no Ronnie Lott. All right, let's go to a commercial. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll be right back. This is Alan and Sean. Hurry up, offense. WMUC Sports Radio. <laughs>
We're back, we're her eyeball fence, and what you just heard was our weird news segment, because we don't just like talking about sports, we like telling you about other cool stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and kick this session off with um, a story from Oregon. It's called, Would-Be Jedi Jailed Over Lightsaber Attack. A 33-year-old man named David Allen Canterbury... What's his middle name? Allen. Uh-huh. Um, something? He... He was ordered to 45 days in jail and mental health evaluation for running around a toy store with two lightsabers and attacking people with them. And then later on, he tried to fight the police <laughs> with, <laughs> with <the> lightsabers. <laughs> and he, they, tried to sh- out for him. they tried to shoot him with a taser, and he knocked it off with the Dude, lightsaber. The force is strong with that one. <laughs> Jeez. Anakin Skywalker over here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, there's some strange um, people in the world. I don't know if, if he bought the lightsabers or what, because he left the store with these lightsabers. He probably uses Jedi mind tricks to convince the, <laughs> the store security people that he had bought them. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Apparently no one was injured. <laughs> and I'd hope so. It's, it's plastic lightsabers. Someone's if you were going on record saying off. you're hurt. <laughs> Jesus. Care Bear was banned from the toy store. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he said he was already seeking um, mental health. I-, I guess he should be. If you guys could see this picture, just Google this guy. David Allen Canterbury, age 33. Unbelievable. Like this world is insane. <laughs> Mine also involves some weapons, I guess. Uh, a PA man. That would be Pennsylvania for all you folks that don't know what PA <laughs> means. Public address. <laughs> Pennsylvania man arrested last week after he allegedly stabbed his brother several times over a McDonald's brownie. <laughs> his name is Eric Eggs Kane. That would be his nickname. Got two problems with this. One, I, did, I had no idea McDonald's served brownies. So maybe they, maybe, I don't know where, I don't know where, brownies do not exist for McDonald's. I'll tell you that much. And then the guy's middle name is Eggs. That's a problem. How do you get that, how do you get the nickname Eggs? I'm, I have a problem with you not thinking the real problem is that he stabbed his brother. That's okay. Okay, that's that's all right. That's all right to me. Where did they get these McDonald's brownies? That's my question. How does he spell his middle name? E-G-G-S. Eggs. Me. His brother, Gene, in retaliation. Gene Milk. <laughs> Gene Kane thought that he was going to be killed, so his reaction was to pick up the TV and throw it at his brother. <laughs> Most interesting fight of all time. He was stabbed with a steak knife and decides this TV is getting thrown right now at you in the face. <laughs> so Eggs ran down the street, uh, later to be found by the police. This was not his first stab. Why was this not on ESPN or something? I, I know, ESPN should have broke this news, but just the weirdest story. So I decided to share it with you all. That's better than um, any UFC fight you will ever see. <laughs> if that could be televised, that would break the Super Bowl ratings record that happened last night. So those are our weird web stories. Uh, if you guys have suggestions for weird web stories or if you'd like to read, we can do a user-submitted one if it's strange enough, if it makes us laugh. We'll give you credit. Uh, so we're going to keep doing that every week. Hopefully the sound bite doesn't mess up again next time. Yeah, geez. Come on, man. You're really that's, our, that's our favorite that's part. That's the best part of our show. Yeah. We're going to move on to some, we're just, just some like, quick news now, I guess, to get, get back out of our funk. In boxing, like anyone cares about boxing, Manny Pacquiao decides to defend his welterweight title against someone not named Floyd Mayweather. So basically, this does not matter. 
I'm not even sure how they got on my sheet, to be honest. You you got anything, or you want me to keep going with this? I'll, I'll, go I'll, I'll down look this up list. some stuff. You can keep going. Keep reading stuff. <laughs> right. Song's clearly not prepared for this. <laughs> Nick's all-star four, power forward, Amari Stoudemire, had a tragedy in the family today with the death of his brother, Hazel or Hazel. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. Uh, he, Both were beautiful. He died, he died from a car accident. Amari has left the team to be with his family in Florida. Obviously, our thoughts go out to Amari and his family. Kevin Love got suspended for two games for stomping on the face of Luis Scola. All right, Albert Hainsworth. Stomping in basketball. Like, why was that not on ESPN? We're, we don't get this, any of these I was going to say, stuff. I don't want to like say it because I kind of feel like a loser for not but seeing it. Why didn't I see I this? I never saw it. Somebody send us the link to this video. I want to see it. Lakers head coach Mike Brown suspended for one game for making contact with an official during a game. Um, I don't know what the contact That's was. That's just funny. But one game, I mean, probably wasn't that bad. It was probably incidental contact anyway. Mike Brown, you're not doing a very good job coaching your team anyway, so. I think the biggest story of the night, Washington Wizards won a game. They were 101-108 uh, winners over Toronto. If you've watched the game since Whitman took over, I've watched, I think, three. They, they, play, with they, they play with effort now, so that's not a problem. They it's, play hard. it's talent. I mean, everyone knew that coming in. They have two shooters, one good shooter, one average shooter. But Trevor Booker is probably one of the hardest working big men in the league because he's, he's he's only like six eight six seven, but he works hard in there and he's been starting a couple games. But, you know where uh, he went? Clemson. Yeah, coolest school in the country. Yeah, that's true. How's his brother doing? I feel like his brother like got real hyped up when he first came into college, and he's, has he done anything? Red, I don't even, I don't know who you're talking about. I know he had a younger brother, and he looks exact, literally exactly like him. Okay, like they could be not. Tw- what am I? Clones. Remember, remember Clones. We, Speaking of Star Wars, remember when we played? Uh, NCAA, and we played with Clemson, and we made Lamont Booker. Lamont Booker. He was our superstar. That's us. Um, <laughs> we're really cool kids. Uh, Todd Haley, former Kansas City Chiefs coach, has agreed to go be the offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh. This means probably Rashard Mendenhall will not be a great fantasy option next year. I would invest in Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown. They're going to be throwing a lot. And Ben Roethlisberger, too. I mean... I picked him this year, thinking that he would do what he's about to do next year. So maybe I'll maybe I'll pick him. Up. Maybe I'll give him another chance next year. I might pick Romo again. I might hold on to him though. All right. Uh, another story. I don't know if you have this. That was because I made your last one. So oh, that was your last one. I, well, I've got one more, and that's the one we're going to spend a lot of time on. So okay. Uh, Kobe Bryant passed uh, Shaquille O'Neal on the all-time that's, scoring. That's that's correct. He did. He did on the all-time scoring uh, leaderboard. They um, lost tonight. They blew a game that they should not have lost. That's that's good for him. I mean. Yes, those two are always going to be permanently linked, kind of, because they were on the same team. So that's good for Kobe. And they Bryant. hated each other. And apparently, Shaq threatened to kill Kobe a few times, or Kobe threatened to kill Shaq. I'm not sure. And as we said earlier, Broncos running back Noshawn Moreno was addressed, arrested on suspicion of drunk driving. So there's our news. Uh, you want? You don't want to do any more? You're good. I don't know. Is there any other news stuff? Out I've got there? no idea. My phone won't let me check ESPN. Well, that's the end of the world. Uh, no more, no more news. We're no done. more news. We're gonna move on to the weird, like the most confusing thing ever in baseball history in life. The Baltimore Orioles today decided to be a good idea to trade Jeremy Guthrie to the Colorado Rockies for Jason Hamill and Matt Lindstrom. Um, this this is very dumb. I mean, I'll, do you want to start? or You want me to start? Because I got a lot of stuff to say. A lot of stuff. <laughs> so I woke up this morning. Um, Head under the pillow. My my girlfriend comes in, pulls the pillow off, and just says, uh, "Jeremy Guthrie got traded." And I didn't think of it much, and like once once I came to and woke up, I just started punching my pillows. This this guy was great for our team for many many reasons. Um, 
he, he's just a great person. If you follow him on Twitter, he literally took time to read everyone from Baltimore tweeting him, uh, saying, thank you for being here. You're a great person. I wish you the best. I've never seen so many people say so much positive things to a guy when, when uh, he, he gets traded away. He's, he's just a great locker room guy, first and foremost. You need that kind of guy in your locker room. I don't know who that guy is on Baltimore anymore. He was great with the media. He breaking loved news. talking. What's breaking? Someone just posted that Louis Scola Kevin Love video on our Facebook. That's breaking, guys. We'll watch it in our free time. I'm watching it now. You can keep right. talking. So that I didn't understand. Also, all right, we're listening to the Kevin Love thing, apparently. We're watching it right now. All right. He, he did clearly went out of him. his way to stomp. He stomped him in the face. Yep, he actually and looked back. Can that guy. He literally looked back at his face and said, "This is gonna happen." Right? You now. have got that's more than two games. What did he get for that? What did I say? Yeah, two. For? He got two. That is, oh my god! <laughs> what we a does jerk! Not know what to do after that? He just doesn't know. Oh, hmm. Wow. Well, from 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 one crappy guy in the league back to Guthrie. Wow. That was unreal. Um, <laughs> the NBA, the all-thug league. Yeah. Jeez. So, Dan Duquette, he traded away uh, a 32-year-old pitcher, which is Jeremy Guthrie, for a 29-year-old and a 31-year-old. I was hoping that if we traded Guthrie, it would be for a younger player, or someone with some upside, or a more polished player than what we got in return. I was, I'm, I'm just so unhappy about everything that's happened with Baltimore Orioles this offseason, and this just, this just hit the nail on the head with just... I hate Dan Duquette. I am officially off that right. train. I hate him. Now I'm literally going to read what I wrote from the paper. Fantastic. Jamie Guthrie has given the Orioles to over 200 innings each of the last three seasons. He doesn't have great numbers, but he, I equate some of that to poor offense. He is the perfect back end of the rotation guy. He never gets hurt, and he goes out in battles and can relieve your bullpen, bullpen from killing themselves. If you look at his metric numbers, Guthrie ranks in the top 40 starting pitchers in the league. The dude can pitch, and he's been a core guy for the last few years. Fans love him, and most part... Fans love him for the most part, it seems like. I, you can tell I'm reading this. <laughs> They got in return Jason Hamill, who put up similar tallies in the last three years with less innings pitched. They also got Matt Lindstrom, who has been an effective reliever last year. He's going to apparently be the, this. I'm not reading this now. Matt Lindstrom throws about 98 miles an hour and has moved into the more talk for stupid Orioles closers. I don't know who's, who it's going to be. It should be Jim Johnson, but we'll figure that out later. Over the offseason, Dan, Dan Duquette's first or first Orioles offseason, he has gone out of his way and added Taylor Teagarden, who's going to be a backup catcher and probably not play very often. So you're and, saying he's going to have 50 home runs this year, right? No. Oh, okay. Andy right. Chavez, who will be a utility outfielder and possibly start in left field if Nolan Reimold uh -huh, sucks. Siyoshi uh -huh. Wada, who is a submarine pitcher and doesn't throw 88 miles an hour. Like what I'm hearing so far? Go on. Dana Eveland, a pitcher, and I don't even know oh, what sorry, he is. Sorry, his name is, is Dana? I'd, I'm reading the paper. We signed someone with the girl's name! They traded for Jai Miller, an outfielder. He's been a career minor leaguer. He's now 27. He's never been in the major leagues for more than 20 right. games. Fantastic. Wei Yin Chin, this guy actually looks legit. He throws 90s, lefties. He, but he's from Japan. Those guys have a lot of questions. The best move of the year, they re-signed Robert Andino, who's good. And then they re-signed another Robert Andino when they got Wilson Bedemit, who's pretty much the same thing. Now they have two utility infielders. I don't know what's going on. Now I'm going to go back to reading. For a team who many people assume has money, they're not choosing to spend much, and when they are, they're not spending very wisely. That's my spiel. Okay. Robert Andino was by far the best re-signing. This guy can play. The second half of last season, he was the best Oriole. He's versatile, but he will be our starter at second baseman. I don't know what we're going to do with Brian Roberts, but he is inconsistent. 
He's you always you're hurt. You're going to put him on the DL for the whole year. Yeah, I mean, it's a certain thing. Like, he will play one game next year, break something, and he'll still get paid all the money he's getting paid. Robert Andino, great re-signing. Besides that, what the hell? What the hell? I can't, I can't think play of a our team. Clip. Play our clip right Hold now. On. We have a caller. We have a caller. Man. Let's see who this is. Welcome to Hurry Up Offense. Who are we talking to? <laughs> it's Jordan Dixon. How you doing, Jordan? How you doing? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, why Maryland can compete with these uh, big-time teams, but they can't finish down there. What's going on? I don't think you're even listening to our show, are you? No. <laughs> what, all right, I'm going to ask you a question then. As an Orioles fan, do you like what we've done this offseason? Say no. As a who? As an Orioles fan. You're still one of those, right? Yeah, I <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, okay, okay. We'll we'll answer this. We'll talk about this Terps thing for you because we're going to do it um, <laughs> well, after we, we get back from break. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest calls we've ever gotten. <laughs> that's, that's the one disadvantage of having your cell phone. <laughs> he handled that well. I will give him that. He threw out a question. He had no idea we were on air. He threw out a question, and it was actually a decent question. <laughs> I was going to answer it, but all right. So, um, what were we talking about? Uh, the Orioles and how bad they are. Okay, Robert Indiano, great move. Besides that, I mean, it looks like, all right, with this trade, we got a starter who's worse than Jeremy Guthrie, a little bit younger, but doesn't do what we need Jeremy on the team to do, which is eat innings like you uh, alluded to. And then we got a relief pitcher. But I'll tell you something. Koji Uehara is on the market in Texas. He's been successful in Baltimore in the past. He should be obtainable because he's been on the market since the end of the season. Texas he, Koji is awful in Texas. Awful. Just awful. I can say it ten more times. He's awful. Great awful. in Baltimore. Great in Baltimore. Awful. Great. Awful in, in Baltimore. So, I think that would have been a better alternative. It probably would have been cheaper. You would have been able to keep Jeremy Guthrie, who's a great clubhouse leader, and he's an innings eater, like you said. That's what I wanted to enough. That's, he yeah. is an innings eater. That's what we want to want you all to learn from this show. If you learn one thing, Jeremy, Jeremy Guthrie, Guthrie equals eats innings. Exactly. Okay. For breakfast and lunch. <laughs> he does all that. Koji O'Hara would have been a great addition. I would have loved that. I love the sideburns. I, I still wouldn't mind. I Koji do not. Coming. I do not love the sideburns, Koji. I think you should try to look a little better when <laughs> no, you pitch. The you fact that he's ugly makes it awesome. You literally look like Jesse Deach <laughs> in the Asian form. Only Walkersvilleians will get that. And then Dan Duquette goes on to say that he's really considering going after Manny, Manny Ramirez. That's going to yeah, be your Manny's, big move. Yeah, Manny's down to three teams. That's going to be your big move, Manny Ramirez, really. Yeah, it's just like Vlad from last year. You, wait, you're saying, all right, you, all right, you Walk, think Vlad at that point. good hitter. But you, Vlad, Vlad was actually Vlad, pretty good. Vlad is great. Like, okay. We love him. He's, all right. <laughs> it's not quite as good as signing Vlad, right. but I mean, they're still getting a washed up designated hitter. Like Dan Duquette, this is not. He said that he wants to. He likes building from the farm, but so did our last GM, and it wasn't successful. Baltimore just doesn't. I, I mean, hold I on, Dan Duquette likes building from the farm. First this, thing he said when he came in here, this is the guy who traded for Pedro Martinez. Mm -hmm. Like you don't build from the farm when you're trading for Pedro Martinez, one of the best pitchers ever. That's stupid. Yeah, he's uh, saying he likes to build from the farm because the Orioles suck. Yeah, I mean that's all you can say. He was, he was, he was like, "I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to go out and get anyone because I don't believe in spending big money on players when you can just build from the farm with cheap players." Well, you know what that gets you? Last place in the AL East every year. Every every year. year. Every year. Like, how are we going to compete? I don't get it. I don't get it. Every year. I don't get it. The, the Baltimore Orioles are in shambles. I can't think of a team that's improved less than the Baltimore Orioles. I'll say this. 
We've got 14 minutes left. We had a commercial break to get to. Yeah, we're going to go to a commercial. (laughs) We'll be right back. This is Hurry Up Offense, WMUC Sports. I'm going to keep talking until Sean keys up a song. Good to go. Good to go. Looks good. Sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah.
mind I'm talking, I'm singing, you're interrupting me. Jeez. Welcome back to Great Ball Fence. That song over yet? God, that song sucked. Uh, what you a know, terrible choice by you. Well, I didn't like your depressing country song either. Uh, that was not the dep- not depressing at all. Did I you find, listen? I find every country song depressing. It? it was about love. Love is a beautiful thing. Lo- is it really? It is. Would you have said this two weeks ago? Absolutely not. Exactly. <laughs> Point and checkmate. <laughs> all right. <laughs> not sure where I'm going with that one. <laughs> hey, what school do we go to? Uh... <laughs> University of Maryland. Let's talk Maryland sports. <laughs> All right. Boom. Transition, boys. Transition. This, this is where we get depressing. This is the real depressing part of the show. As Jordan alluded to in his phone call where he didn't actually know he was You mean Warren us, Moon? Warren Moon alluded to this. That, he randomly said, I'm Warren Moon. <laughs> Inside joke, but it's still he, uh, <laughs> he said... Something about the Terps being able to hang with all these good teams and not winning games. That alludes to the game on Saturday where the Terps fell 83 to 74 to North Carolina. That drops the Terps record to 13 and 9, 3 and 5 in the ACC. As you can tell by the scores of the games, we're usually in these games. Yeah. We're usually playing these teams hard. <clears throat> we're giving these teams our best shot. We're never out of a game. We're feisty. <laughs> We're doing all the good things except for winning basketball games. I thought, when was our last show last Monday? So the Miami game happened in between now and then. The Miami game was an awesome game to watch. Well, kind of irritating because of the refs. But I thought an interesting thing, in that game, Coach Turgeon got thrown out just over a complete, I still to this day not sure what. There was two technicals on him real quick. He went on to say that he thinks his team would have lost by 14 if he didn't get ejected. He thought that like he hated the fact that he got ejected, but a lot of he, he realized that. that 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 was going to put a spark in their team, and oh. I thought that was just great. I love Mark Turgeon has won me over easily. His oh. defense could be a, a little bit to be desired, but besides that, I'm happy with Turgeon. Hey, I'm trying to talk. And then I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm. a lot of coaches will actually do that though, just freak the hell out and get thrown out of a game just to try to like pump somebody up. I think it works pretty well. I had an eighth grade basketball coach who did it. I mean, he just got a technical foul, I didn't get thrown out, but that pumped us up and we came back and won. So. I've been a fan of it ever since. Another thing, in these last two games, we've seen that we have a guy on our basketball team who likes taking big shots, who wants the ball in crunch time. His name is Terrell Stoglin. Now, he takes a lot of stupid shots. We'll say that. He takes his fair share of Grievous Vasquez shots. He was, it was either 1 for 10 or 1 for 9 from 3 last game against North Carolina. And against Miami, 4 for 20. Yeah. Th- threes? Yeah. He shot 23. 23. It's four for. T- or it might have been. All right. It might have been. It's four to six. It was either six for 20 or four for 20. Either way. No, the fact is he took 23s. Yeah. Unreal. But. He only took 21 shots last game, and I thought he took way too many. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> but yeah, he likes, to, he likes to have the ball in crunch time, so I, I like that about him. And another good thing about our team is Nick Faust is developing into a solid college basketball Division One wingman slasher scorer of the basketball. And he plays pretty good defense. Yeah, since he came to our team, I hated his shot. I, I can't. When you have a shot that, that is that high of an arc, there's so many things that can go wrong technically with your yeah, shot, like with wind. anything. Yeah, wind can blow it. People, people just all blowing <laughs> at one time will get his ball out of the arena. But I've said it since I saw him, he needs to be a slasher. He's, he's just a side, he's a mismatch for everyone. He, he's tall, he can run. He can jump. Uh, he needs to be a slasher. That, he that's what he contact. needs to be. And his defense is—it it, it surprised me, to be honest with you, because of how little he was. Um, not not height wise, but weight. He's he's a very skinny guy, but he he plays physically. You honestly cannot tell that he's that frail. He plays bigger than he is. He's got a bright future. I mean, if we looked at the, we looked at the team before the year, we knew they weren't going to be good. We said sixteen wins. 
And what are they at right now? 13? 13. 13. I, I honestly think we'll get it dead on. Well, actually, they have like, what is it, like four of their next six are ranked. They have to go at Duke. They still have to play Virginia. They still have to play North Carolina again. We might get Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's possible. The way um, we've been playing, we could get 18-19 if we just win a couple of these close games. I am extremely pleased with how we're playing. I'm excited about Maryland basketball. I'm pumped for next we year. We have a yeah. great recruiting class Here, coming here's in. Here's my issue with this team, though. Last or Against North Carolina, Kendall Marshall, 16 assists. University of Maryland, 7 assists. Well, yeah. That, Seven! Yeah. Well, that's what happens when, when you fall behind and when Terrell Stoglin, they like to put him at point guard for half the game. And Pishon, we, we both think he's a good player, but he, he has not had a great season. Seven um, assists. <clears throat> so, I mean, you need to, you obviously need to improve on that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, let's try passing, guys. <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, I've also noticed that none of all of our big men never have a good game on the same game. They always have like good games on different times. Like one game, Panky will have a phenomenal game. Len won't be able to catch anything. You just never have all three, or at least two out of the three guys having great games. Weiss uh, doesn't play enough. I think that's important. Yeah, I I like Weiss. He's consistent. Yeah, I mean he he never he's never gonna do anything stupid. Here's, here's another problem I have with our team is North Carolina, one of the bigger teams. They have Harrison Barnes, John Henson, and Tyler Zeller as their front court. They had 37 rebounds with those three guys. And we got out-rebounded offense, on the offensive rebounds. They had 18 and we had 12. They're just... We, we are not big enough. Yeah. We are not big enough. I mean, it's going to help with Shaquille Clear coming in next season. When they, when they were on offense, if Alex Len was not in the paint, we weren't getting a rebound. It's that, like, Stoglin was our leading rebounder on the like of the starters. He had six. That's unreal. That's not very good. I, I think in the offseason, they just need to put Alex Len up in front of a brick wall and just peg basketballs at him and tell him to catch him. Because he has, like, the weakest hands of anyone I've ever seen. Like, last, against Miami, Alex Len caught a ball and a little guard, like, barely tapped it. Maybe with his pinky. Maybe. Maybe with his pinky. Probably more so air. And the ball just fell I'll give out. you another player who was like that when he came to America, though, and turned out all right. Vlade Divac. The kid couldn't catch. He Well, okay, he could catch, like, pretty good. He, he was pretty talented, but he was awkward and kind of clumsy. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of equate that with how Alex Len is. So hopefully Alex Len will work out as good as Vlade Divac's. I honestly think that you could see Alex Len being the most improved player in the league next year. Because he shows little glimpses every game of what he can be. Like, you see the potential in him. You just need to find consistency, and he needs to get some toughness. And I think in offseason with this team, especially going up against Shaquille Clear in practice, that dude is big. He's that a tough dude kid. Is, that dude's, that's a stout dude. So going I'm up sure against it won't him work out because he's supposed to be a good recruit, and when we get <laughs> yeah. him, they don't work out. Another issue with this game I had, which is my last issue of the whole game, Stoglin had 21 shots. The next highest on the team had eight shots. Who was it? Len. And he came off the bench. Yeah. Eight. Thirteen yeah. less. Like, some, like, that also goes back to the assist. Somebody has to pass the ball on this team. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Like, just a little bit. Like, I'm okay with Stoglin taking 20 shots if someone, ex- if someone else takes, like, 15. Well, the thing that sucks is, you, I, if you watch Maryland football, or basketball, we're not going to talk about if you don't, If you watch Maryland football, turn the television yeah. off. Uh, Maryland basketball, when Ter- Terrell Stoglin gets the ball, the offense is over. The ball never moves after he touches the ball, so he, kills. he needs to improve the. He needs to improve his passing because you need ball movement to be successful in this league. And when he touches the ball, everyone knows. Well, the shot's going up. So I mean, th- that's got to be a huge improvement there. When we were playing well, was it like four games ago or something? It was because Mosley 
was taking his fair share of shots and games. He can he showed me this season that he can be the high, player he was in high school, uh, a prolific scorer. But for for whatever reason, he just doesn't like shooting, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm done with this, but we do want to mention before we go off because it's kind of our job. Maryland women's they were at Georgia Tech tonight. They're number 22 in the country. Our team, Maryland's women's, are number 10 in the country. They came out with a 64 to 56 win. Tiana Hawkins had a career high 23 points on 11 for 13 shooting. Alyssa Thomas had 23 points on 5 of 15 shooting. Hmm. Good God! Yeah, Georgia Tech's a team that came in here last month and uh, had Maryland down. Maryland was down by 20 to this Georgia Tech team with 10 minutes to go in the game. And they came back and won the game. So, with all intensive purposes, we only played seven people. Yeah, they're not a very deep team. Our eighth person only played one minute. That's interesting. All right, we done with Maryland? We done with this? Yeah, I guess that's you know, our show, guys. All right, see you guys later. Yeah, this is Alan and Sean, Hurry Up Offense, WMUC Sports Radio. Boom! Boom.